We've all heard the phrase, that kind of thing doesn't happen in our town. But here on Midwest Murder, we will shatter that false reality. In fact, it happens more often than we know. And sometimes, the details of the most horrific crimes that happen in our neighborhoods are lost in the back pages of newspapers, forgotten on our news channels, and eventually erased over time. We're here to talk about murder, diving into some of the most controversial cases in Midwest history. This show will not shy away from the morbid details of these horrific events and the often ugly truths behind them. What you will hear is a detailed timeline of events, perspectives from those closely involved, and analysis by experts. What you will feel is the darkness that surrounds each story, the innocence lost by the victims, and hopefully the justice that was ultimately delivered. Don Palumbo. Jonah Lanto. My favorite part for these, I'm telling you, and I said this to you earlier, man, I'm a fan today. Like, I know it's fun to be on the other table, or on the, it, like on the other seat. So I don't, yeah. I don't know if if our if all of our listeners have caught on or not, Don. But I mm-hmm. want to say that the the jig is up. I want to tell them what happens here. Okay, you tell them. Is it okay if I tell I, them our secret? I'm not sure what your secret is, but let's tell them anyway. Well, the secret is, in any given episode, either. Don presents or Jonah presents, mm-hmm. and generally speaking, the other one of us doesn't know the full story, <laughs> oh, doesn't yeah. always know the case. I approve and, that secret, yes. Yeah, and and so I just I want to tell all of our listeners that today, I don't know what story you're presenting, and I, I come here as a fan, as as the co-host of this show, and a fan, and and I'm really excited. And I know that uh, it, it's, it's going to be awesome. I didn't share any of the details with you this time. I, I've got none. You gave me a little tidbit. You gave me like a tiny yeah. tidbit on the on the way over yep. here. And I I do like, I think I'm starting to figure out that I like when I don't know either because I like that genuine reaction. I do get, I do get kind of pissed at myself later though, like when I'm, you know, thinking about the case or whatever after we're done recording. I'm like, oh man, that would have been a good question because it's because I've had time to process it. Right. But- Initially, I think I like that, or I like that initial response. So uh, I do too. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. Um. So uh, it's a good. That's a good secret. I'll allow that secret. All right. I was a little nervous there for a second. But, like, oh, uh, what are you going to tell them? What, what secrets are you sharing? <laughs> um, spilling the tea. Uh, I would be made fun of by my children right now for trying to be hip and cool. Anyway. Uh, so thank you so much to everyone who has rated and reviewed the podcast. Thank you to all of our listeners, um, the comments, the feedback, uh, the the case requests, um, the messages that we receive, and and ultimately the the support that we receive um, from everyone has been so fabulous. And gosh dang, we we really appreciate it. Um, so Jonah, what are some people saying about Midwest murder? Don, first, you are hip and cool. Okay. You don't, Thanks. without the approval of your children, I want you to know you're pretty, you. you're pretty hip and cool. I appreciate you, sir. Thank and you. the stuff that people say really motivates me and inspires me. You guys are awesome. And I appreciate you for taking time out of your busy lives to interview, uh, to interview, to review <laughs> our show, but also just, just to listen, just to listen to us. It's awesome. This is from, uh, S-K-S-J-D-H-D-H-N-S-S. I'm assuming on March fifth. I'm assuming that was random, uh, num- random, random numbers, numbers <laughs> but we appreciate you, and that's mm-hmm. all it takes. Yep. Awesome show. I stumbled upon your podcast because I accidentally read the comments on the Facebook news post about the Nugabauer case and his attempt at Supreme Court to get out of prison. Lots of opinions on there, but about 150 comments in, your show was tagged, and I got curious. 
My husband was in CIS, that's the state industrial school, the same time as Neugebauer and had the opportunity, or not so fortunate, to eat a meal with him. My husband said he had the darkest soul he has ever met and the single conversation they had will forever be seared into his brain. Whoa, mama. Wow. Thank you for that review. Thank yeah, you for listening. Thank you. This one from Deidre Hillman on February 24th. So good. One of my favorite lines. So good. <laughs> so good. I have only listened to a handful of podcasts, but I think these guys have me hooked. I have lots of interest in true crime and especially something local. These guys keep it real, keep it interesting, and respectfully told for those whose lives have been affected. Wow. That's so awesome. That that is uh, really cool. We we thank you both so very much, um, you know, for for those uh, comments, and, and we thank everybody who's um, who's able to do that. Uh, blown away. Um, so if you're able, rate and review. It helps Midwest Murder move up the charts and and does wonderful things for this little podcast of ours. So for that, we thank you. Yeah, we we appreciate it so much, you guys. Again, it truly does inspire me to do better in each and every episode that that I research and present and bring forth here. So same Z's, yeah. Same Z's, big same. Mm-hmm. Um, so on today's episode of Midwest Murder, we are traveling to Sioux Falls, which is the largest city in South Dakota, and doesn't look like your typical small Midwestern town. Uh, according to the U.S. Census, it's the 139th largest city in the states. Well, that's not a small town. That's not that's a small not town. Quite a small town. It's not not yeah. not really. Uh, yeah. the, the population currently hovers around 177,000 people, which is up about 70,000 from 1994, where our story begins. We don't hover a lot in 94, but it's definitely where our story begins. Uh, Between the waterfalls attached to the Big Sioux River, hiking, fishing, skiing, snowboarding, the Japanese gardens, rock climbing, and nearby state parks, uh, outdoor activities and tourism are clearly one of the biggest parts of the city and the area. Well, it sounds awesome. And it is awesome. And I'm not not their tourism, you know, with their tourism bureau, Um, but it's it's a great, it's a super cool area. Well, listen, man, South Dakota, North Dakota, we get, we get pegged as flyover states way too often. People miss us, man. It's only flyover if you hate nature. Right. Yeah. We've got, we've got some of the best outdoor stuff that is, uh, oh man, it's so cool. So, uh, and of course, you know, it wouldn't be a Midwestern town if it weren't built on agriculture. Native American tribes to include, uh, Arikara, Dakota, Lakota, um, Cheyenne, among many other tribes settled the region and utilized the beautiful lands agriculturally and are still used for farming today. Uh, A lot of, a lot of stuff like, you know, coming out of North Dakota, a lot of, lot of stuff coming out of there. Sioux Falls is also home to a large meatpacking plant that you, uh, and you may have heard of the company, John Morell and Company. You may have eaten their bacon once or twice. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So looking back, uh, the year 1994 was a big one. And it's always, this is always one of my favorite parts of, of looking into a case. It's like, oh, you know, just because I, I think it started as trying to put ourselves in the, in the story and just kind of the, the time frame, the mind uh, or, or the, just the mind frame too, I guess. Like what? Are, what are people doing? What are people right. thinking about? What were we listening to? What, what was? What, yeah. You know, what were the hot topics? What was? What was really going on? And uh, and so this was ninety four was a big one. Uh, figure skater Nancy Kerrigan was clubbed on the right leg, and Tanya Harding was banned from the sport a couple of months later because of her connection to the incident. I want to say I think Tanya was innocent. I I do not think she acted in that. And the movie I Tanya is phenomenal. <laughs> Kurt Cobain, Richard Nixon, Jackie Kennedy Onassis were three of the biggest public public figures to die that year. Mm. Serial John Wayne Gacy was executed. Serial killer, sure. Mm-hmm. Was which what was what was his name tag? What was he? John Wayne Gacy was the what killer? Do you remember? I don't know. I hate those names though. 
You don't like it the them, nicknames? It gives them more notoriety. It gives oh. them bra- I, I don't like it. I don't like it. Okay. Um, I probably learned that on an episode of like NCIS or something like that. So the I'm, killer clown. Yeah. Sorry. Was he? Oh, oh yeah. That's he, what he was. He was, he was a killer a, clown. He was, oh, he was a creepy clown. That's oh, crazy. Oh, my heavens. Yeah. Sorry. Um, Nicole Brown Simpson and Ronald Goldman were murdered. Ronald Goldman, pardon me, were murdered, murdered in L.A. And a few days later, O.J. Simpson and his white Ford Bronco took the police on an incredibly low speed chase throughout the area, um, ultimately giving himself up. Uh, Amazon was founded. Uh, Woodstock's wow. 25th anniversary festival was held in New York. Friends premiered. Serial killer Jeff- Jeffrey Dahmer was murdered by a fellow inmate. And the Major League Baseball players go on strike, canceling the World Series for the first time in 90 years. I see. I, I knew everything in here. I remember everything in here mm-hmm. except for the MLB stuff. I had no idea. Yeah, there was a, the World Series was canceled. That's kind of crazy when you think about I know, it. In 90 Given years. the level of money that is attached to it in the modern era like, sure well and and back and, then and there was money too but there's mlb players aren't paid nearly now. as much as like nfl players and those it's it's wild um and if you do get a chance there's a really cool I, of course i'm gonna plug it cool and I don't movie even, or a doc or something uh, it's, a, it's a documentary on um the day that uh oj took them on the chase it was like a wild sports day like Ken Griffey Jr. broke one of the records and it's a it's a 30 for 30, I'm pretty sure, on ESPN. Okay. And it talks about all of the amazing, uh, amazingly cool things that happened that day. But it was all shadowed by O.J. Simpson's ride in his Bronco. So pretty cool. Um, I'll never forget it. Uh, oh, it's yeah. Uh, Lion King topped the charts as the highest grossing film of the year. And competed with some of the best modern movies, in my opinion, of all time uh, that were also released that year, like Forrest Gump and Shawshank Redemption. Good year. That's a good year. Boys to Men released their hit, I'll Make Love to You, which I sang at the top of my lungs as a (laughs) 10-year-old, along with Salt and Peppa, uh, Coolio's Fantastic Voyage, um, and Lisa Loeb's song, Stay, that I still sing at at full volume. Um, Jonah, did you ever do the the dance to the Tootsie Roll song? Was that like... Cotton Candy, Sweet and Low gonna do the Let tootsie, me see that roll. tootsie roll uh that debuted that year that it? has its own dance i did not know that so <laughs> I, no uh, I, I will show you on the way out of here <laughs> i've hundred percent was at a school dance where that song oh, yeah. was played Absolutely. but i yeah. don't remember actually doing the tootsie roll mm-hmm. myself well, trust me it's a thing uh well you have 94 to thank for that because that's when it came out so um i really question the music that i was allowed to listen to at that age but it's uh it is it is a part of who we are so that is 1994 so now that you're good and in the moment um you know take us uh, take us to sioux falls um, on August 27th, 1994, a Ukrainian immigrant, Larissa Dumansky, who was also pregnant and seemingly happily married, finished her night shift at the John Morell and Company meatpacking plant and was believed to have been going home. She never came home. And just like that, she was gone. No note, no signs, just completely vanished. Oh, it's eerie. So two years later, Piper Straley, a uh, 28-year-old, and her husband, uh, Vance, lived in a rural area of McCook County outside of Sioux Falls uh, with their three-year-old daughter, Shayna, and their two-year-old son, Nathan. As you can probably imagine, life was busy for this young family. Vance was a plumber in the area, and Piper worked at a daycare facility, Southeastern Children's Center in Sioux Falls. Together in the summer, uh, they also ran a, and specifically in July, they also ran a children's Bible camp. So, yes, life was busy. Yeah, they're going nonstop. On Friday, July 26th, 1996, Vance, with Shayna nearby, the, the four-year-old, or pardon me, the three-year-old, uh, answered the door to a visitor who drove up to the residence in a dusty, dirty-looking black vehicle. 
the visitor seemed a bit strange, um, or at least was acting somewhat strangely. It took a bit, but the, the visitor, who was wearing a black hat, asked Vance about the Bible camp that they operated and said that he was interested in sending his children there. After Vance gave a very brief overview and, and let them know that they were closed uh, for the summer, he told the stranger that he would mail him a camp brochure. Piper, his wife, came to the door, pen and paper in hand, for his name and address, and was introduced to the uninvited, curious guest. Vance told the stranger that they would add his name, Robert Anderson, to the list for 1997. So they go about their weekend, and on Monday, July 29th, 1996, Nathan's second birthday, the, the family is, you know, obviously excited to, to celebrate that, uh, that sweet day. And Vance left the tidy mobile home for work at about 6.20 a.m. with Piper and the kids still at home. At about 9.20, so just three hours later, just before leaving the house, Piper called the babysitter to let her know that, um, that her and the kids were on their way. So she was about to drop them off on her way to work, but they never arrived. Vance called the house at approximately 12 p.m. to see where the kids were going to be dropped off. And uh, and when the answer machine, notice I said answering machine because they were it was all still that, right? Absolutely. Um, the answer machine picked up, no answer, and Vance left a message. So still no sign of Piper or the kids. And at about 3 p.m., a coworker of Piper's, uh, Patty Sinclair, called the Straley residence. Shana answered the phone much to Patty's surprise. And Patty asked Shana if anyone was at home. And in a bit of a panic, uh, she was kind of whispered. Um, Shana said that they were alone. When Patty asked where her parents were, Shana um, said that they were probably dead and then hung up the phone. Jesus. Incredibly concerned, obviously. Patty called back. And at this time... And sh- I'm sorry, Shana's how old? Uh, three. That's a three-year-old that answered the phone and said, my parents are probably dead? Yeah. And wh- kind of whispered it and then just hung up. Oh, no. So Patty called back, um, and Shana answered again, but this time was almost hysterical, um, rightfully so. Um, Shana said that she didn't want her parents to die and then told Patty that her mom left a, with a man that she knew in a black car. Staying on the phone with sweet Shana, uh, Patty asked a coworker to call the sheriff's department, and Patty waited on the phone with Shana for about 45 minutes trying to soothe her and keep her calm until law enforcement arrived. So shortly after 5 p.m. 45 minutes? 45 why get, minutes. Why did they get there quicker? Well, they're rural. I mean, there's there's a drive. Yeah. So shortly after 5 p.m., Sheriff Gene Taylor arrived at the, the Straley residence. When he arrived, uh, the screen door was closed, but the interior door was wide open. Uh, he knocked. Uh, nobody answered. And as he, so he, you know, knowing that there was obviously an issue, um, he stepped in and noticed right away that the usually tidy home, um, it was in complete disarray. And among the mess was Piper's purse, along with the contents just strewn about. Sheriff Taylor continued in the home, um, called out for, for the, the, the kids and um, kind of listened. And, and towards the back of the mobile home, home he heard uh, voices. Um, and then that's where he found a, a crying Shana, uh, but was unharmed. Nathan walked around a, a, a bit dazed and uh, just walked around the home. Um, and, that's, and that's how Sheriff Taylor found him. There was no sign of Piper. Other than, you know, her purse and everything. So not having any idea what happened um, and hoping, obviously, that it was not anything um, sinister or, or anything. The the only witnesses being two small children, Sheriff Taylor called in other investigators from around the area and, and also from the state. And so, no injuries, no immediate injuries to these children. No, nope, they were they're, completely unharmed. They're just, just sort of stunned just and disoriented yeah, just, and, and emotion. Know, okay. Yeah, yeah. And just the emotionally Three and two harmed. at this point. Yeah. Wow. Three and two. Yep. Uh, 
so Shana was um, Shana was able to communicate with Sheriff Taylor and then another um, state investigator. And she said that she told them she thought that her mommy was going to die and that a mean man shot his gun and argued with her mom. They were told by their mom to hide as the mean man, quote, grabbed her and took her away. Shana also said that the man took Nathan's birthday present, which was a blue tent. He'd opened that the night before um, when the family celebrated. The scene clearly showed that a struggle had happened. Uh, they found a step on the front porch that had been overturned and there were nails sticking out of it, um, an expended shell casing to a nine millimeter in the driveway. And then missing from the home, in addition to Nathan's blue tent, uh, was a blue and white t-shirt of Piper's that had the words code zero on the front. So Vance had called um, and was told, you know, to to come right home. He wanted to know where his children were. And so he, you know, beat feet home and arrived at approximately 6 p.m., uh, Nathan was exhausted and sleeping, you know, obviously. Um, and Shana, uh, she was relieved to see her dad. It was kind of overwhelmed with emotion for the whole thing and wasn't able to communicate communicate very well at the point and, and was only able to tell well, Vance that, that quote, she told me, and, and this is this is Vance's quote from court documents. She told me that he took my mommy. He took the tent. That's okay. He told her we have another one. And then she proceeded to express to me that he left in a black vehicle, all black, and that she was thought to be Piper was not coming back. End quote. This, th- th- this, this is hard. This is chilling already. In your witness is this poor baby three year old, and even the smartest of three year olds, you've only had you only have so much in your vocabulary. It, it, it's. That's she that's, was, that's tough, and she was so concerned. Of course, um, she that, was that that the the guy took Vance's blue tent or uh, the, Nathan, Nathan's Nathan, blue her, tent. her little brother's tent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Such a sweet baby. Oh, so uh, shortly after the abduction, Vance remembered the visitor from nearly a week ago. Uh, that of and, and he showed up in a dirty black Ford Bronco. He described the visitor as a younger, balding, overweight man with a limp handshake. Um, you know, and it's crazy the, the things that you remember, you know. Uh, I remember weak-ass handshakes. Yeah, I, I, I will tell you that much. I do. If, I, I do. if I'm shaking a fish, it's, I'm, <laughs> I, I remember that. It sticks out. I yeah. can't stand it. Or when somebody just gives you like their first four fingers or they grab your fingers, not right. your palm. I'm like, mm, no, man. You've, like, not how it works. You've got to connect, you connect before you squeeze. Like, you squeeze, squeeze early. Like, it, you ruin it for both of us. Right. Firm handshake. Now I'm judging you. Like get it together, and and I know this is really dark it, it, already, but it, it, at least I'm happy to hear. It sounds like Piper really fought. It sounds I like think- she fought her ass off, and and she may maybe she saved her children in in that fight, and right. and and yelling. I mean, she she yelled to them. She she knew she was about to be taken away. Yeah, and and, and feared for her children's safety, and told them to get to you know go hide. And and that's that. I mean, can you can you imagine? I am riveted riveted in goosebumps and yeah. damn near crying at the yeah. thought of having to scream and yell for my children to I run know. and hide, having to defend an assailant in my home. And it, then, it, it's horrific. Yeah. This is this is nightmare fuel for sure. Lock Absolutely. your it's like lock your door nightmare fuel. I don't. It, mm-hmm. Anyways, it's bad. So the law enforcement after they they you know kind of. They well, took he had his, his name. name and, yeah. Yep. So they took his name and, and maybe his the, name. Sorry. The the visitor was Robert Leroy Anderson because um, he gave his real name. Oh, why wouldn't he? Well, right. maybe he's not the guy. Maybe he's not the guy. I don't well, know. Maybe I'm not. Maybe maybe not. maybe he's not the guy. Yeah. Who knows? I, Who yeah, knows? I'm speculating Say, here. Right? I'm sorry. I'm, yeah. 
But he was a 26-year-old father of four, twice divorced, or pardon me, twice married. Um, he was on a second marriage at the time. Anderson was a maintenance man on the overnight shift at the John Morrell and Company meatpacking plant. And investigators, um, you know, they did a, a six-photo uh, lineup for um, uh, for Shana and Vance. And they showed his driver's license photo, photo to them, but they weren't able to identify him. So I thought, hmm, maybe this isn't our guy, but they, they kept, you know, they wanted to investigate it further. So while canvassing the area, multiple eyewitnesses placed a dull, black, dirty Ford Bronco by the Straley home the day of the abduction. Focusing on Anderson at this point because something's just matching up, law enforcement asked Robert Anderson to come in for questioning, who then drove his blue Ford Bronco to meet with investigators. While interrogating Dark Anderson, blue, would you say almost black even? I would say just, it was blue. Okay. Yep, yep. So, hmm, interesting. It's not matching up with eyewitness testimony and, and with what Shana's saying. Not um, not uncommon. Sure, yep. It's, you know, you can get those details wrong. So, while interrogating Anderson, they, when he showed up, they realized how different he looked. And they realized that the oh. driver's license photo that they had used in the photo lineup for Shana and Vance was severely outdated. Dude, that reminds me, isn't that like McNair? I feel like there was somebody who escaped and they saw an old picture of him. That's exactly it. Wow. Episode one. Dang. So while Anderson was being questioned, they they felt that they had enough to to get a warrant um, to search his vehicle and home and and clothing. And uh, so they did. A judge signed off on it. And um, and while, while he was being questioned, they searched. So in Anderson's home, they found a pair of jeans stained with blood and uh, another substance that they suspected to be semen and turned yeah. out to be along with two handcuff keys and then black tempera paint. Yeah. So in the Broncos cargo area, investigators found a plywood platform with drilled holes underneath the carpet, a toolbox with chain and wooden dowels, a partial roll of duct tape, dog hair that looked similar to the Straley family dog, a Menards receipt from a purchase of duct tape, a paintbrush and a five quart paint bucket and a Ben Franklin craft store receipt from a purchase of black tempera paint. Do you remember black tempera paint? I don't, no. It was it was the stuff that, um, it's the stuff that you make, uh, that you paint on, on posters, like used it in school. Okay. It, it was, oh, I can almost feel the, the like when people would scratch it off. <sighs> so I can it, hear it. It's like, it's like nails on a chalkboard. It, you can paint windows with it. It's water-based. Is it a, it's easy to remove type oh, of paint? big time. Yep. Yep. So it's just, it's it, it from, I remember using it, um, you know, painting posters, um, you, any art project that we did in school, we used tempera paint. Uh, yeah, it's, it was a, it was a big thing. I guess I'm the only school nerd here. Um, well, only one present. I, well, yeah. Present. Yes. Many people. They'll know what I'm talking about. They'll know. Yeah. So during questioning, uh, Anderson was calm and cool as a cucumber. He denied having any knowledge of Piper's disappearance, but he did admit to being at the Straley's home that Friday. And investigators just... That Friday, the day of the disappearance. No, before the disappearance. Okay, previously. Previously when he was inquiring about the Bible camp. Yep, yep. And so investigators knew this guy could have done this. So they they pressed on and they they did their job. Um, After they pushed a little bit more... Um, Anderson then admitted that he had also been there on Monday, but when he knocked on the door, there was no answer. He assumed that he heard he heard children's voices, but nobody came to the door, so he assumed that um, that the woman was taking a nap or something. Were, were his his uh, words? So during during this this questioning, they talked about all sorts of topics, including including those. Um, and the inve- interrogation lasted about seven hours, wow, and seven so hours. seven hours, yeah. 
so it was a long one. So they talked about basically, you know, where his whereabouts that day. Um, they talked about um, Anderson's interest in anal sex and um, the unsolved disappearance of another local woman, Larissa Demansky, who happened to work at Anderson's employer. Of course, the meatpacking plant mm-hmm. where he also works. So Anderson denied having anything to do with that or even knowing anything about it. The next like, day, where, where does that transition to the anal sex? I, That's a. I, I, mean, I, I suppose if, if you believe this man is talking, is abusing women or kidnapping women, or so, at right. some point sexuality is going to come up. I, and, and I guess seven hours, you run out of things to talk about. So, you know, it, and he also shared that his wife. You've covered the weather at that point, right? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're talking <laughs> talking about the day, talking about you know the you know the nice weather, the the hiking, and and then sports is so, done, the weather's yeah. done. Right. What do you think about sex? What, what's yeah. left but sex I, I, at that? I, okay. Yes, yeah. Um, I, I found that interesting too. And then he also shared that that his wife did not enjoy it. So, you know, I'm I'm sure he was I can't get the back com- door from my wife complaining about her and all that. Yeah. So nice. Yeah. So it's it was it was weird. I'm like, it, it's weird. It's peculiar. Yeah, yep. No it's, no it's judgment if that's your freak out no, there no, and you're listening no, to it. I, to I just don't expect own. to talk about uh, an interest or disinterest with that uh, no. of that in an interrogation. But no. that's just me. Uh, so the next day, investigators um, they went back to Vance and Shana um, with another option for the lineup. This time with the updated photo of what Robert Anderson looked like. Now they both identified him as the guy. Shana said, "Little baby, little baby, th- three-year-old." Yep. Shana said, "Quote: That was the man that took my mommy, and she's going to die." Oh my goodness! So, with the surmounting evidence, two days later, um, and two days after his interview with police, Robert Leroy Anderson was arrested on two counts of kidnapping. Murder wasn't a charge yet because they still had yet to find the body of P- Piper Straley. So did they they charged him with kidnapping for the first girl that went missing and the second girl? Or how does he get charged with two counts here? That I could not find. Okay. I, oh. I dug so deep for that. And and so... It, it must be the girl who went missing at, at, well, the, at, at the meatpacking plant. N- n- no, because they don't have any details on that yet. Interesting. So okay. two counts. So I, that was on, honestly one of my questions as well. Is it you know? Um, it, does it have to do with the children? Does it have you know? How does how does two counts show up here in September of 1996? Now, so we're you know about a little over a month from the from the abduction from the abduction. Yep. And he's arrested. He's been he's arrested sitting at this in, point. Okay. Yep. And, but they need to, charged as well. He's charged. Yeah, yep. yeah he is sitting, uh, you know, awaiting. But so they know that he's done it. But they need to continue to build their case. They need to continue to look for evidence and 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 see what else they can find. So they uh, they organize a group of volunteers and officers, uh, and and you know searched around the 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 big um, area around the Straley home and found nothing. Do they? And you said they live in a trailer. Is it a trailer court? Is it a trailer? Is it a mobile home nope, park? It's, it's a nope. It's a it's mobile a- home on land. Okay. Yep. So they're you know they're kind of out. There's there are some neighbors in the area, so it's not you know it's not, not expansive. Rem- it's not but, remote, no, but, but it's, it's, it's a little rural. bit out there. Yep, yeah. Yep. Yeah. All and right. From from what I can piece together here. Yep. And so uh, what's interesting is a botanist from South Dakota State University would play a huge part in this, and um, so he was he offered his assistance. So they found some weeds and such and, and kind of some debris um, on Anderson's Bronco. So he took a look at this and found that honewort and black snake root um, were identified in that in the debris in the weeds. 
Wow. Wait, so that's, that is so cool. So what a, yeah. what a, what a really neat detail. So do, um, during this investigation, I just, I wonder how did he become aware of that? The, the, the officers, well, his car, his Bronco had a bunch of strange weeds on it. Could well, anybody help us identify these weeds or like, well, the what interesting a, part? I mean, the what, neat detail. Well, I would, I would have to credit, I mean, my assumption, um, I would, I would credit the, you know, the, the detectives investigators, um, doing the the search warrant because they took they they, they would have taken that from Big his credit to them. from his his vehicle right and then throughout you know the investigation then they're like okay let's call a botanist right well yeah there, there would have to have been some sort of call to action right. after we collected this evidence hey we're just we're cops right we investigate stuff we don't know how to science this right, right? let's get it and, it's, and it's can, really cool and can you science this and right. so they did we, we've had criminal scientists and we've right. had forensic scientists yep. as part of our show and part of our investigations i guess it's really neat just a, a botanist contributed to this. Well, and, and something um, you you don't you wouldn't think, right? I no. mean, it's 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 super cool. It's um, it's really smart, right? And so he was able to narrow down uh, that both of those are found along certain areas of the Big yes. Sioux River near south uh, near uh, uh, the small town of Baltic, South Dakota. Big brain moves, as right. my kids would yeah, say. Yeah, big brain. Yeah, I like that. I like that. So a large search then uh, was organized again near Baltic, South Dakota. And searchers found a vibrator, a clump of duct tape, and half of a black and white T-shirt with Code Zero written on the front. <sighs> so remember, that was what was missing from the house. Yeah. A half-burned candle and several lengths of rope and chains. Stuck to the duct tape were quite a few light brown hairs that appeared to be human. Wow. Um, kind of in varying lengths. So some was probably, you could, you know, you could kind of, you know, Context clues would tell you that some were, you know, were ripped and, and such. So, um, what had actually happened to oh, Piper Straley? Yeah, I know, I know. And then you can only—I don't like, even want to imagine what was horror. done with that. Ugh. Yeah. Um, so, what had happened to Piper Straley? Um, piecing it together with testimonies of witnesses and the surmounting uh, evidence, um, what they kind of suggested. Um, happened to her and of course this is this is speculation um but uh it's yeah this is pieced together by the, on with, the best hypothesis of right. investigators based on, uh, on the, the information and testimony yeah. they had yeah if informant this, information and the, those things yeah so he he was thought to have um restrained piper and um took the note with his name and phone number so he took that from the residence. So that was all on memory of Vance on her husband. Um, uh, he carried her out to the Bronco and then uh, drove to this this area near Baltic. Um, so he secured her uh, supposedly to the platform of his vehicle, you know, underneath the the carpet that I had mentioned with that with that wooden withholds drilled into it. Yeah. Um, so this was a like a secret compartment to be you, clear like yeah. like like he made like a secret yep. trunk like yep. compartment so when they, in his bronco. So when they're searching this is like well this certainly isn't factory. This is yeah right. this, this is, is weird. This is weird. All right. So, it was so that noted. was a modification that he yeah. made. Oh yep. that's sick. So um he then uh handcuffed her or restrained her to that platform or that that spot. Gagged her with duct tape. Uh cut her shirt open with his knife, sexually assaulted her and killed her and then disposed of the body. So the interesting part, um, the other half of her shirt was found uh, by a uh, by a passerby near near Baltic. 
uh, and he like on the street or yeah, like, just kind in, of in the, the, in the highway, wooded, kind of in the ditch yep, or something. Yep, in the ditch, and uh, and and he, the, the guy who found it originally thought that it was a, a referee shirt, so he just tossed it in his trunk. Mm. Uh, you know, not really thinking. Um, like how, who, how many people pick up a, sh- a half a, a half of a shirt from the side of the road well, though? He didn't or, look at it. He didn't. He didn't look at it. He thought it was just a referee shirt, so he just tossed it in the back. Right, innocent. You know, kind of like uh, it's innocent. I'm just saying. But not everybody is. Uh, is who stops skeptical. and picks up ro- a, a shirt from the side of the road? I don't care if it's a jersey or a ref shirt. Okay, well, or I am because I'm convinced somebody was murdered, and I'm going to look from now on. <laughs> so, from now on, if you see a shirt on the side of the road. Pick yeah. it up. I mean, oh, I'm just wondering. <clears throat> was Put it in a brown he, paper bag. Was he compelled yeah. to do it because he this he, he knew this might have to do with the murder, or was it more random than that? I, I, I guess it, is what I'm wondering. From what I from what I can see and what what I saw, it's it's random. Okay, it, it, is wow. what, is what it looks like. I All mean, right, like holy smokes, you know. But so it wasn't until no it's good luck, uh, right? Well, yeah, I mean, I don't want to say to it's a good point, luck, but to a point, yeah. um, for the for the investigation, yes, right. Um, but it it sounds like um, yeah, it was just completely random. So it wasn't until November that he took a look at it and realized, oh, okay, so shit. it was a while after. Yep. All yeah. right. So a couple months. Wow. Um, and then turned it in, and here now they found the other half of the shirt. Can so, I ask a, qu- a a question? I I hope I have the answer. The, right. There was a nine millimeter bullet found on scene. I know. I guess we haven't. Maybe I don't want to get ahead of myself, but. No blood found anywhere. No blood. So, so remember the Presumably remember the that shot? was probably a warning shot. Well, the shot or some that sort of, when Shana said that he fired his, his yes. gun, that's, I mean, one can assume that that was, that was the one. So that yeah. That was it the was, one, but he was, didn't shoot Piper. <clears throat> nope. Nope. Not, well. Uh, uh, presume from, right there. They can't, they, they, they don't know because they don't have. There would have been evidence yet. of her being shot right, right. there. there would have been I, blood, I, I would assume there would have been blood and stuff like yep, that. Okay. Yep. Just, just yeah. kind of reflecting on that. And they haven't. It does seem random. Like. They haven't found a gun. No, they they have no gun. All right. Yeah. Uh, so mm. it was at this point uh, there was um, thinking that Anderson may have been a sexual sadist, who was then you know uh, the the physical and, and psychological suffering um, of his victims excited him. That's that's kind of the definition of a sexual yeah. sadist. It's, it's my it's my first one. So this is, if you don't mind explaining it, no, to me. I would I uh. would. I, I will is what I'm trying to say. Um, so he showed an obvious interest, quote, obvious interest in sexual bondage, which is a hallmark of the sexual sadist. So you can see that by the restraints, the dildo, the or the the, the vibrator, vibrator. Um, the partially burnt candle, the eye bolts that they found, um, handcuff keys, duct tape, eye bolts. They found some. They what also are found those? some eye bolts. You know, the um, you might suspend. Um, you know, they, they've they're, they're a bolt like they've got the threaded bottom oh. with like a, a a circle. Okay, sorry, yeah. I thought that was some sort of sex toy nope, or something nope, like nope. an well, eye I mean, cover thing I mean, or something. It yeah. Might be, but I don't. Like, yeah. I don't know. I'm okay. not sure. I, I'm just going on the hardware side of things. Um, then you know the investigator, the evidence that investigators found um, that, was obvious that there was physical torture. And that sexual sadism has like violent fantasy often attached to it. It's a lot of fantasy, a lot of violent fantasy in particular. Right. Uh. Yeah. And, and so what they, what investigators, they took it uh, or the, the, the um, experts on um, sexual sadism um, took it a, a bit further as far as what he did to her. Um, and oh, so geez. while they were in Baltic, he likely um, uh, restrained her or bound her to the platform. Uh, like uh, the duct tape, you know, the, and gagged her with that. Um, cut her shirt off, like they said, but then methodically tortured her with um, the the vibrator and candle before 
raping her himself. So, um, and then disposing of her body. So during the investigation, when he admitted to police and other friends also, um, that he enjoyed anal sex with his wife did, and while his wife did not, um, it is according, a tell. A, according to these experts, that is a preferred form of sex for sexual sadists. Um, and, uh, and then they also had evidence or proof that, um, that, that Anderson fit into this category as well. Um, sexual sadists typically uh, habitually plan their crimes in, in great, great detail um, compared to other criminals or other, other offenders. Oh, and so a, there was evidence that, 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 that there yeah. was some, some pretty heavy premeditation. The first time he yeah. went there, he was scouting them. I wonder, right. I would, I would just be curious. I wonder when that poor family first became, you know, first came into his hemisphere right. of awareness yep. as, I, as I speculate into the mind of, of, a, of a killer. Just when did he make them a target and, and how, right? How, how much time was spent planning that? Exactly. Obviously that first, that first meeting you were scouting the place. Yeah. You're scouting it around. Right. And then he maybe wants you, to see what happens. And, and I maybe think, you watch it for a few more days. You see what the husband does. You well, see, see what their schedule is. And was he, but was he going to do that? Was he going to do commit that crime that night that day but was surprised when a man answered the door i, I it's mean poss- it's certainly possible you know, it's it's um who knows I, it's who knows i, I it's it's interesting i mean and, and the fact that it's it's completely random i mean how terrifying is that i i, I just man these stories make me entirely and utterly paranoid to open my door to or answer my door to a stranger i don't it, <laughs> I, it's, it's there, there, there's 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 so much murder that occurs from sort of a home invasion scenario where a stranger shows up at your house with evil intentions. Well, and, and it, this isn't you know this is somebody who is um, a thousand percent evil. Yeah, I mean he is he is. Uh, this isn't a crime of passion or anger. This is random and uh, i mean this is not saying that any type of murder is good but there's no there's no reason for this i mean it's not that there's a reason for anything i'm over explaining it but you know what i'm trying to say like it's it's this is is pure evil i mean i don't know how else to say it I don't know, you know, it's and it's well, it's tough to use the word random because he chose these people. Well, he, he chose and he chose it and but, planned but, but it. Why? But why? Yeah. Why? And, what? And, you know, and, and well, and it's funny because I have, I have. We'll get there. Uh, we'll get okay. there. Okay. So, uh, prosecutors continued to build the case around Anderson, and eventually, um, they were able to take the case to trial. So, because Shana was an eyewitness um, to the entire ordeal. The prosecuting team wanted to put her on the on the stand. Holy shit! So at this time, she's four years old, um, and on the day that she was to testify, um, sweet baby Shayna uh, was wearing a blue and white polka dot dress. And when she got to the stand, um, got on the stand in front of a full courtroom, Shayna oh, cried and refused gosh. to talk. I'm crying so, for her. I know. Like, it's just... I know. And and the the judge emptied the room of jurors and reporters. Which, well done, judge. Um, and then the judge asked her if she could tell the story and, and tried and he, as he tried to, to put her at ease. Um, and after a few minutes, she covered her head with her blanket and laid down. Uh, and the judge then ended the, the testimony of the proceedings. So she she never was able, to testify, able to testify there. And, and, and this is where... I can't you know, even imagine having to walk that little baby into there to do that. Oh, my gosh. And, and how... I mean, you want to make sure that this man never goes free. 
but this this sweet girl, uh, you know, um, who's survived a great deal of trauma from one afternoon or from one day, you know, and 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 this is what's so important, you know, in, in North Dakota we have um, what what's called a, a children's advocacy advocacy centers, um, and, and they have they've changed the way investigations are handled and way, the way court proceedings are handled with children. And Vast it, statistical it is, improvements it, it, in convictions related amazing. to the abuse of children. Support mm-hmm. them. Support your local local um, centers that, that do that. They're so fighting for, the good fight. For, for children who have been subjected to abuse, sexual abuse, uh, physical abuse, any sort of abuse, um, you know, they might have to repeat their story like 14, 15 times, you know, they tell their friend, then they, then the friend tells the teacher, then the teacher tells the the principal, then the principal, principal calls the, the law enforcement and, or the school social worker. And each time that child has to tell those stories, tell that story over and over again. And it's, first of all, um, you, you poor angel, I'm so sorry that you have to, that you've gone through that and that you have to explain that. But then, um, having to explain yourself over and over again to, to people who aren't trained in this. And so the, the investigators and the, and the, the, the social workers and the, um, the forensic, uh, they're not trained no, in eliciting information right. from right. a child. And, they're, and, they, and, they, they, they're well trained in many of these absolutely. people are great at their job, but the, the difference as we just were covering here, the, the children, children's advocacy centers, mm-hmm. these are, they're, forensically trained specifically to interview children exactly there's there's a different skill set different method everything absolutely yeah and 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 ain't no good cop bad cop trying to get a bad guy to admit that 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 he killed somebody right this is way different and they use they use the the means in their in their training to um to to make it um to help law enforcement with their case but then also make it the easiest on the victim and um and this is this is one where um that type of center would have helped dramatically with, with her. Um, you know, they would have, she would have explained her story one time with a very kind soul, very kind person who's trained in this. And, and then that would have been, um, that would have been given as evidence or, or, you know, played for the jury or whatever. Um, you know, so it's, it's, it's nice that we've come a long way, but, um, like Jonah said, I I mean, these centers are fighting the good fight. Look up, look yours up locally, support the hell out of them. Um, because they're, they're doing something, um, oh, only certain people could do. I mean, my goodness. They're doing yeah. tragically needed work. Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, anyway, uh, apparently Shana's testimony wasn't needed, thankfully, um, because in May of 1997, the jury convicted Anderson of Piper's kidnapping and he was sentenced to life in prison for just the kidnapping. They didn't, wow. they, they didn't pursue the murder charge because again, they, they didn't, everything was circumstantial and they didn't have enough evidence. They gave him or, life or for remains. kidnapping. Mm-hmm. Does that does that seem unusual? Of kidnapping and presumed murder? I don't know. I mean, and, you know, who who knows? I mean, it's it, it does seem heavy, which is good, you know. Um, yeah, I, it's a fair question. It, well, it, yeah, it, it really is. Just just kind of yeah, curious, the- and, and and not being able to get him for murder. The it, it's always tough in these situations when you look at maybe a light load of evidence. There's a lot of, uh, it's, it's, it's always 
a challenge to see how evidence really functions and how sure. evidence really works and how right. how it all connects. Yeah, we know he we're, we're pretty sure he kidnapped her, but we can't say that he murdered her and there's, and there's no body and there's nothing to say that that he murdered her. I, I mean, right, so where I'm assuming they didn't get his fingerprints from the house or anything. I mean, they knew he was there. They they knew he was there for, based nothing, on some witnesses. But nothing and, shows that, right? Wow. Yeah. So uh, later that summer, one of Anderson's longtime friends, Jamie Hammer, uh, approached law enforcement with evidence and information that gave what? new insight into Anderson's crimes. And what he would share would rock the entire case what? For, for Anderson. Chills. Goosebumps right now. So what they learned um, was that, uh, you know, uh, he was, in fact, sexually sadistic, even according to one of his friends. And and he had some major... Uh, he was a predator. You know, he was hunting these people. Because what would later come out, he just wanted to kill pretty girls from South Dakota. Yeah. What? That was his, that was his sick, that's, twisted goal. That's what he wanted. I just want to murder and rape pretty women right. from you know, South look, Dakota. I mean, look at, look at Ted Bundy. You know, he was attracted to dark-haired women whose hair was parted down the middle, right? Uh, it's, uh, yeah. So what they learned from his friend was that Piper was not his only victim. Um, and, and he would have continued had he not been caught. So police interviewed his friend Hammer and and Hammer said, I mean, they were friends from the time they were children and goes as far back as high school where he was uh, aware of of um, the need for Anderson to torture and murder women, like his fantasy of that. So, so th- this, this guy was fantasizing about torturing and murdering, and women. murdering women in high school. And I don't think Hammer, this his his friend Hammer was, you know, a, an upstanding citizen either because he was also intrigued by the idea. And uh and they um they continue to talk about it and I mean We're they, not friends anymore if you say some shit like that to me. Right? I, 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 like, I'm kind of over it. Like, oh, okay. We're I'm, not we're I'm not concerned. friends anymore. Yeah. You, you're sick. I'm yeah. I'm I'm scared of you. I'm worried about you. Right. I want to call the cops on you for telling me right. that can shit. Can I yeah, can I call the cops for you having a, a, a sexually sadistic and, and murderous fantasy? You I'm can't not sure. because they haven't committed a crime. Well, I know, but, but but at least I could log nice. I could log out a, a report about it. Right. Keep an eye on this <laughs> asshole. Exactly. So they're, they continue to talk about it and, and it just they continue to get detailed and detailed and, and then their fantasies grew as well. And wow. so then they decided together that they would act on him. So they, they planned um, to abduct a woman together. Jesus. And what they did was they, um, they threw what he called a wheel poppers. So it basically like spike if you strips. Drive, it's the, the, it's like spike strips. Oh wow. Yeah. And placed them on the road. So they threw it's a booby them down. Trap. Yep. So they threw them down. Uh, uh the victim drives over them. Bada bing, bada boom, right? So uh Anderson had already found somebody. And her name, no relation, was Amy Anderson, who was twenty six at the time. So in nineteen ninety four, so two years after uh, Larissa was was abducted and, and murdered. Larissa was abducted in 94. 90, 94. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. So, pardon me. I meant months. Sorry. Because that okay. was in August. Pardon yeah. me. Sorry. Also in 94. Yes. Also Two in 94. Later. Right. Yep. Um, Amy drove over those spike strips um, near T, South Dakota, and just as, as, as they'd hoped. Um, so, uh, and it, it I, I believe it was just... Um, 
Anderson that was that was there. This this Jamie Hammer was not there, but um, her tire went flat, and um, so then she she pulled off the road to change it. And as she's you know we're we're south. I mean we're Midwest people. We're corn fed. We're gonna you know our our dads taught us how to right. our moms or dads taught us how to change a tire, whatever. She reached into her trunk, and he then grabbed her and carried off um, down the road into the woods. So Amy managed to break free, free and um, flag down a car that picked her up. What? Mm-hmm. But she so didn't get a look at him. She didn't get a look at him and it wow. remained, it was unsolved um, until, um, until the, the abduction of Piper happened and it was, it was talked about again. So she was able to identify him, um, but he never stood trial for the crime. Why? That's why well, they were, they were just like, convicted. well, we, we've already got him for life in prison. So yeah. I guess there's no reason to bring him to trial for this. I don't I don't know if I agree with that. I guess it's the system. It's the resources. It's money. But yeah. So uh, Anderson um, had a different friend that uh, that that he that shared the same fantasies by the name of Glenn Marcus Walker. And uh, he was the one that was involved um, With in, in the unsuccessful ab- abduction. Wow. There was two of them? Mm-hmm. And this this girl got away? She got away. Good for you, girl. Yeah, You're a badass. So uh, at the same time uh, as, that Jamie Hammer is bringing this up, um, Anderson was making friends in prison. So Jeremy Bruner was a cellmate of Anderson's for about a week. So um, Bruner was about to be released. And for some, for whatever reason, Anderson must have trusted him, or however, because he bragged he bragged to Bruner about how great of a serial killer he was, and confessed his all of the disgusting details of the crimes he'd committed. These jailhouse confessions, they're 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 they're, they're so weird to me. It's like Anderson was clearly eager to want to tell somebody about this. Absolutely. So he wanted to it's be... It's a power thing. It is. It's a power thing. I feel like he wanted some recognition. He wanted to have his ego fed for this. Mm-hmm. He wanted he, he wanted to be recognized. You, you're, you're telling somebody about all your sick, twisted murders? You've known him for a week? And so, some other, so It's your celly? Some other criminal? Like, whoa, hey, hey we're, we're BFFs now. Let me just tell you how awesome I am. And by awesome, I mean I'm disgusting. a fucking killer, yeah. disgusting loser. Yeah. Well, he confesses more. Whoa. So he also said that he thought his friend Glenn Walker, you know, the one that that helped him uh, unsuccessfully kidnap Amy Anderson. Well, he said that he was also present at the at the crimes at all of them. Um, had gone into the details about Larissa, had gone into the details of Piper, and um, he he was afraid that Glenn Walker would tell authorities, and he wanted him killed. So, so he, he asked Jeremy Bruner to kill him when he was released. Okay, so Anderson was afraid that his quote-unquote partner, partner in Glenn crime. Walker, yep. was going to narc on him mm-hmm. and wanted Jeremy Bruner to murder him yep. when he got out? And so Jeremy agreed, but he had no intent whatsoever and went to law enforcement instead and told them everything. What This, this is so creepy. So the family of Piper um, actually met with Jeremy... Um, afterwards uh and applauded him for coming forward of course because he had nothing to gain and he didn't ask for anything he did the right thing wow yeah so it's it's oof, it's a it's a big one so what um so the details that came out about larissa um Demansky's, uh murder 
So Anderson lied, um, and he was, uh, he had been a friend of Larissa's, had made, um, had, had kind of gotten close with her, not, I mean, not inappropriately or anything, but just gotten chummy with her at work. They were coworker um, friends. Yeah. Yep. Sure. And, and, uh, approached her after their shift at, um, on that day after, um, uh, after they, they got off and, and so at John Morell and company and, so he uh, went up to her after, shortly after, and pulled out a knife and ordered her to his vehicle. So him and his little buddy Glenn Walker, who you know we've dis- we've decided sh- shares his murderous fantasies, drove her to Lake Vermilion. Anderson pulled Larissa out of the vehicle and, according to reports, raped her multiple times. According to Walker, Anderson suffocated the newly pregnant Larissa with duct tape and buried her body under a choke cherry bush. So they have all of this information, um, and uh, on September fourth, nineteen ninety-seven. So just a, a few months. Did they after, recover her? I'm sorry. Did they recover her body then? Or uh, I, I don't want to. We'll okay. Get, we'll, yeah. yeah. Okay. We'll, we'll, we'll get we'll there. Get okay. There. Sorry. We'll get there. So, um, on September fourth, nineteen ninety-seven, shortly after he was convicted, Anderson was charged with the murder of uh, Larissa Demansky, and with all of those details, also the rape and murder of Piper Straley. So they, um, they did. God, the level of twisted violence is just so, it's so so hard to take. So Walker ended up talking. Walker ended up talking to, um, to law enforcement. Um, Did he get charged too then? Sorry. Mm-hmm. Okay. Stop jumping ahead. I know. Well, I, I'm, I'm not reading <laughs> I know, ahead. I know, I know, I know, I know. I know you're not. You're just, you want to know. I, I know. Um, he... He told Walker confessed to police that he was an accomplice um, to Lar- the crime uh, involving Larissa. Um, he and Anderson had planned it out to the T, and uh, but he was not. He he claimed he was not involved um, in the rape or murder of her, but he did know where Larissa's body was buried and uh, agreed to take them to her body or her her grave. Um, so that year. Walker took police to her her shallow, unmarked grave at Lake Vermilion, and um, they when they when they dug up her remains, they found only portions or a portion of her skeleton. Hmm. So they recovered. Uh, let me. 50, Could it have 50, one been six, eight a, years a or tooth, so? Tooth, a rib, the bones from the left and right wrist, wow. several fingers, a right foot and ankle, several fingernails and jaw and throat bones. Um, they also found a pair of work gloves, shell casing, and bullets. Larissa's shoes, part of her belt, jewelry, and some of her clothing. They. So the the interesting part um, is that. Well, I mean, this guy is just, this guy is just disgusting. Um, so in, in Anderson's confession to, to Bruner, uh, he kept trophies at his grandmother's house. Oh, Jesus. And he told Bruner where they were. And he shared that with law enforcement. And when they searched, they were there exactly as he said. Uh, kind, they were in the, they were in the basement trophies and they found, sorry, I, guess I need to know. <laughs> they found uh, a ring and a necklace belonging to Piper and Larissa. Mm. And then they also found the gun. Okay. So, 
um, they, in order to uh, kind of throw the police off in case they, in, in case her remains were ever found, um, he took her skull and teeth uh, from a to from the from the area and um, like threw them out her his window. Uh, her I, head. I can't. I can't say this. Um, yeah, they. They. He took her skull. Uh, so later, he took uh, the the skull. I'm sorry. I'm having a hard time saying this. Um, and and threw them out the car window as he drove away from the scene. And that's why police only found portions of her body. Oh my gosh. Um, I'm sorry. That one was hard for me to say. Uh, uh, my goodness. Um. Yeah. So anyway, uh, in March 1999, his trial began and lasted about a month. And on April 6th, 1997, the jury found him guilty of the rape and murder of Piper Straley and the kidnapping and murder of Larissa Demansky. He was sentenced to death by lethal injection. You mean in April of 99? I'm sorry. In oh, March, did I say? Oh, in March of 99, his trial I, began and yes. lasted about a month. Yep, my, my bad. Yeah. It's okay. In, in April of 99. Yeah. That's uh, and he was sentenced to death by lethal injection. Lethal injection. Yep. So, what did Glenn Walker do? Um, he was eventually tried in March 2000, um, and it was finalized. He pled guilty to the attempted kidnapping of Amy Anderson, accessory to kidnapping and first degree murder, and conspiracy to kidnap Larissa Demansky. He was sentenced to 30 years in prison. He was released on December 24th, 2015, for good behavior. That makes me furious that he he got why why did he get for good behavior? You helped kill a couple of people. Eh, well, maybe you didn't fully do it like this other guy. Fifteen? No, I, that he served fifteen years. Fifteen years? That's it. You planned murder. Yeah. Families were destroyed. Lives were taken. Yep. Yep. Abuses against humanity that are completely unspeakable occurred because you assisted. And you got 15 years. You get good behavior. South Dakota was an up. It was it was, it was up in arms as they should be. Um, I, I this is this is the wonderful. I'm I'm glad that you're a model inmate. That's great. That's wonderful. Um, but you also um, you were sentenced to 30 years, and you were witness and and took part in horrendous crimes. And you were released because you were a model inmate. Wonderful. So Anderson went on to appeal uh, using 18 different complaints, a lot of which had to do with um, Shana's uh, not testimony. Uh, Supreme Court of South Dakota finally decided to actually hear his appeal in March of 2002, promising their decision by May of 2003. On March 30th, 2003, he was found dead in his cell hanging by a bedsheet. Um, in his in his segregation cell, actually, uh, having died by suicide. His appeal with the South Dakota Supreme Court was then dismissed. Uh, you know, I'm not happy he's dead, but I don't have it in me to celebrate death. No, I, I'm not going to. Uh, yeah, you can't you can't celebrate death, but you can know you can find comfort in the fact that um, he can never do this to anybody else. No. And um, I found... It, it's I'm so mad about Glenn Walker getting out after 15 years. And we talked a little bit about domestic violence on the Omar Calmio case yeah. And, yeah. and just how often it feels like abuses against women 
are 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 under criminalized or uh-huh. under punished. Right. And it even goes back it goes back hell it, it goes back all the way to our third episode when we covered Jana uh, Del North mm-hmm. and and you had a rapist uh, a verifiable rapist hanging out in a community of citizens. Yep. Why was this guy even out in the first place and he went out and did because it again? Because he served what it was 8 weeks or 11 weeks or whatever for his original rapes and murder. I mean right. it's like come on. Um, I'm not yeah. going to get on my pulpit on this. It just infuriates me. This is yeah. I, I have a I have a difficult time with with that. Um, I can't stomach it. It's because what? I, I mean, how many? How many? Why does it? Why? You know, how many crimes have happened because the wrong people have been released? Right, the wrong people have been released, and then. And then they go on to to commit more crimes when they when they get out. And I, I'm talking the violent, the the murderous crimes. I'm not talking about you know driving under suspension or you know shit like that. That, that, that. I'm talking about these types of crimes, rapes and murders. That's where I have an issue. Abuses against women, just in general, is I mean, violence is violence is violence. But the fact is, if if you're if you're a woman, you are so much more likely to have a violent act committed against you. Uh, right, right. It's uh, statistics show that you know it's not like this isn't just us you know researching a lot and being like, hmm, I think that sounds that's not speculation. I that's, think this is that's, true. That's, that's no, statistics. It's, it's real. It's that's that's yeah. Um, <sighs> the the interesting thing that I found um, from the family, and it was uh, it was. Piper's cousin and Piper's parents, you know, they they were present at the trial, um, and and really showed their support and 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 were so thankful for uh, Jeremy Bruner who did the right thing. And uh, I be- I believe it was was um, her mother that said, "We can't um, we can't let these things be forgotten." And I, I think that is that's why we do what we do, it, you know, is and and that's why I. Um, I know I, I can't imagine what what some victims' families. I I can't even empathize because I I can't even imagine it. You know, and so for me to even say that I could, I I, I that that would be a slap in the face. Um, you know, and they also went on to to talk about, uh, it, but but as far as like you know not forgetting them and and not forgetting these crimes and 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 making people aware that you can't trust people. You know, this is not, and this was in 1994 that this happened or 96. Pardon me. Um. It, we have to be that that is why things change that is why things evolve and um you know and you know someone i think the the i've even said it on here you know about closure um her i believe it's her dad said you know how can you find how can you find closure knowing that your your daughter was raped and murdered how do you find closure in that because the person's put away there is no there, there is no closure Look, I, I, I've, I've talked to like my fellow dads about this and, and let me tell you, uh, it's a lot of, a lot of, a lot of dads feel very tough guy about these things. And I, even sitting through this, I don't, the, the level of violence I would want to commit against somebody that did this to my family. I, wow. it's, it's hard for me to even consider the fact that other families who have gone through this and have knowing, knowing to be close to the person who did that to your family. Right. I, 
how does anybody hold back? How does anybody not attempt a murder? How are more of these people just not killed in court by the family of these people? And, uh, you know, I don't know. Right. I, I guess and, you, and you hit a crossroads where you don't want to be in jail or you don't want to, you know, ruin your life or your family's life. But I, I, I don't know. Well, it, but, it's, then, it's, but it's also, it's also finding, you know, you see those, you see the, the, the victims' families, uh, who are, who are victims themselves, the survivors, right? Or, or, or just the, uh, and you know they, they say like, I'm that, going you know, Batman. They, I'm going vengeance. They they say they forgive them, or they say that they're you know they're. Uh, I mean, I, I that's the the level. Um, I don't know it, it that that one interests me, and it's like wow, you you really are a good person, you know, to to be able to do that. But uh, anyway, um, can I um yeah. one, one question? Yeah. And I know we're, I know we're about uh, Jeremy Brunner. What what was he in jail for? I was just I was curious. Do we know? I I didn't even pull that okay. information just because right. I, I was so fascinated by his testimony. Right. And, and and that's all that I was. Yeah. yeah just do we know how, even how long he had been sitting uh, there? Yeah, honestly, I didn't even care. Okay. I was just like, oh my gosh, this guy's awesome. He was. He I mean, is. He's totally you know, awesome. I, I, it was just my own curiosity. I was like, well, I wonder why he was yeah, there. Um, yeah, and and some in some of the articles that I found on that, um, I wasn't able to. It, it wasn't not to call into in question his no. <laughs> his stature or or whether or not he was a good person. It was just my own yeah, curiosity. Yeah. Uh, what was he sitting in there it for? That looks like um, he it was you know counterfeit and um, so he was not a violent criminal. It doesn't seem to be. He he, um, he stole or counterfeited or yeah, okay just, yeah um, you know kind of you know some of those. Um, some of those things. I mean, who, you know, who nothing knows heinous. Him. And I've not, well, I've not dug in, doesn't dug seem, that deep into him, but he doesn't, I mean, it doesn't seem to seem to be, but, um, uh, you know, now I'm gonna, now I'm gonna look it up and, and, you know, find, find out. But, um, he's, yeah, I mean, he, he went knowing that, um, that he wouldn't, uh, get anything out of it right you yeah know? That's, exactly that's yeah huge. so he, regardless of the, he didn't the share crimes, that info to get out early right. or anything nope, like that nope, no no pure um, i was just curious what what, what the right thing so yeah. uh resources for today's episode uh south dakota supreme court files kiloland.com rapid city journal sioux city, sioux city journal and murderpedia.org huge thank you to eric michael anderson for the excellent recording of our intro music he did that with doctors eric and diana anderson both of whom are professors at minot state university pretty excellent also thank you to cj Wynn for her help in writing the intro to midwest murder you can find her book wilder intentions on amazon also this episode brought to you in part by Nomad Design House. They made our amazing logo and you can reach out them to them for all of your graphic design needs. Midwest Murder is produced at the Good Talk Network. We do appreciate all of you guys. Please do rate, review, and subscribe. Don't and follow us on Instagram and Facebook, please. There you have it. Instagram, Facebook, Midwest Murder. We appreciate you guys. Bye. Bye. Thank you.